1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective 2020 with Neil Johnson on
2: Vision Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Love to hear from you your own thoughts on the future of Christians and politics. And if you think that Christianity is divorced from government, uh, from politics... Perhaps coming back to your own biblical foundation there, as we consider God is king. If you say King Jesus, you're actually talking about a political oversight uh, for the governance of nations. So, of course, Christians have a place in politics. But in Australia, things have come to a stalled halt. And you might have your own thoughts. So one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 Greg Bondar is our special guest. Uh, Greg is National Director of Christian Voice Australia, national think tank and advocacy group for families, liberty and faith. He's got a long history in all sorts of political dimensions. Let me ask you this, Greg. uh, Are Christians prepared to vote according to their worldview? Uh, And when we mentioned a little earlier, perhaps worldviews are not mature enough to be able to say, well, this is how a Christian ought to vote or are we all just hip-pocket driven? Give us your insights here.
3: Yeah, Neil, I think that's a great question because, I mean, even I look at myself as a, as a Christian and as a voter, and uh, I must say for the first time in my life, uh, you know, I remember as a uni student I voted Labour because I thought it was a time for change, um, and I'm not, uh, I'm, a, I'm apolitical at the moment, being in the, in the role that I am, so I, I entertain all political parties. I think Christians generally are still very much driven by the economic cost of living forces, their hip pocket, you know, uh, you know, how much do I have in my wallet? Uh, and unfortunately, we, we tend to forego our Christian principles, tend to, not always, when we're voting. For example, you know, we might have to make sure that when we're voting, is it a biblical vote or is it a secular vote? Uh, day-to-day economic vote. So, you know, that's a real challenge for us as Christians. And we've been warned biblically that you will be challenged as a Christian, you know, in your lifetime now. You
2: know, my
3: suspicion
2: is that there are a lot of Christians who think that having the Christian conscience or a mature worldview somehow or other takes, you know, learning uh, a lot of difficult things, uh, you know, going through university and getting a degree but when we come down to the essence of what some of these foundations are it's that men and women are created in the image and likeness of god it's things like and i'll just i'll mention a yep. few you can uh, you can uh, talk about this it's doing unto others as you would have them do unto you it's recognizing that people have value because this is why we have value because god is our creator it's those 10 commandments one's like Thou shalt not steal, yep. uh, which we could apply to what's been happening in those developments in Canberra right now, mm. where there's been a hostile takeover of the Christian hospital, yeah. the Calvary Hospital. It's no longer called Calvary Hospital. So these, there's just a few. Uh, we, could, we could actually come up with the simplicity of what those foundations are that help you have a biblical,
3: political mm. view. Uh, what are your thoughts as I mention a few of those? Yeah, no, <clears throat> You make a good point because, you see, if we go back to the Bible, and that is my source, my only source of uh, living, you know. Jesus himself was very respectful to the government. Give Caesar what Caesar is due. But he was also prepared to take on the Romans, the governor of the day, you know, and he challenged them. And, you know, and, and, and even, you know, what was the fun, you know, I love the quote, who do you say I am? You know, in other words, we as Christians should be prepared to challenge government for example we don't want another Calvary hospital on our doorstep what about when I, I spoke to you a few weeks ago when, when when a school was told that it could no longer say prayers in the classroom I mean if we're going to start losing our Christian liberties then what hope have we got and the uh, and the real issue is then don't come to me and say Greg help me with this you didn't vote you know you didn't use a biblical worldview world when you voted so, look, really what I'm saying is without, uh, without too much emphasis is, Neil, we, as Christians, we need to vote according to our biblical worldview, and that is very
2: important in politics. Greg, uh, inviting listeners to join our conversation today, at 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call or two. Linda is in Greenbank in Queensland. Hi, Linda. Welcome. Hi, Neil. Linda, what are Hi, your thoughts? Hi, Neil. Hey, how are you doing?
1: Hi, good. Um, Hi, Greg. Good morning. Um, I'm just calling up. Just, um, I've been listening to what you've been talking about, and I think we definitely do need a a Christian party. And um, I was thinking maybe the Hope Party might sound like a good name for it because I think we need hope at this time um, for Christians.
2: Uh, Good thought there, Linda, and uh, no doubt if there were a group gathering together, they'd probably have a debate over what they'd call themselves. But if you were saying what ought to characterise that Christian party as something to do with hope in there, Greg, your thoughts for Linda?
3: Yeah, I I think that's a wonderful um, suggestion because hope is on our list. (laughs) And um, the issue we have is what name will resonate with the average mum and dad in the street, so hope is one of the words. You know, do we use Christian in the name? Do we use, um, you know, uh, another revival? What what do we use? Our hope is on the list, but it's not definitive as yet. And as you said just a little earlier, Greg,
2: and while Linda's on the, the line, uh, if someone came up with a Christian party that had a purity about it, and um, they might not use that word Christian in the name, but somehow or other Christians have got to know that that's a Christian party. And if you've got that worldview that's mature enough to recognise the policies, that's how you would discern. So in some sense, the name is not quite so important.
3: Yep, quite right, Neil. Uh, the issue is, what does the party stand for? And I think once you look at, even if you look at the political parties now, the um, Labor Party released its recent... Um, uh, policies on, 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 um, you know, in, in terms of what it stands for, and there's a section in there on the Bible, oh, not the Bible, the Church and its approach to religious discrimination, and even they, as I said, have some respect. Now the problem we've got is if we have a Christian political party, and and and, and we go federal, we have to make sure that it's a biblical party. Of course, we're going to have to have bread-and-butter issues, but that said, it should be always based on a Christian worldview. Is that something that alludes to
2: the thought that there needs to be a constitution for any newly formed Christian party so that some of those foundations can't be watered down and changed with a change of leadership?
3: Absolutely. The
2: constitution should
3: spell out what the party's on about and to make sure that it adheres to the biblical principles now Neil it's going to be tough we're it, going to be really tough because you're going to have to find candidates that are de- dedicated to having a biblical Christian worldview see a lot of the political parties claim to be Christian at the moment but only in name only so very much titular in their approach a true Christian political party ought to be christian based uh, and and bible-based Neil Linda in Greenbank, thank you so much for your call
2: one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Martin is in Albany in Western Australia. Hi, Martin. Welcome.
4: Good day. Uh, Good Neil. Good day, Greg. <laughs> I, um, I come from a different perspective. I,
0: I tend to be sceptical of the, the Christian um, as a. I am um, a Christian. I, I'm sceptical of the, the 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 name Christian Party because I think well. <laughs> You have a, a Christian um, Marxist um, party, I think, somewhere in, or they used to. I think in somewhere in um, South America. So it's really the policies um, that I think, Greg and Neil, um, and uh, and 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 let's let's face it. In, in our churches, we have division. Over, I mean, I remember over the COVID issue, so is much division over lockdowns and and over over mandates, and so. I'm a bit sceptical of of just the the name Christian. I think policies are the important thing.
5: Good
2: thoughts, Martin. In other words, the name might be completely irrelevant, but you have to be able to discern whether those policies that are in place are in fact Christian policies. Your thoughts here for
3: Martin? Yeah, Martin, spot on, my friend, because um, the name may be irrelevant as such and the policies will dictate who's going to follow us. So you're spot on and I agree with you totally. But again, once again, we have to have a name that will be uh, attractive to the average mum and dad in the street you now. So th- that is the real issue. But look, totally right. Policies will dictate who will vote for us. Thank you so
2: much for your call, Martin. Let's squeeze another one in before news. Uh, Maria is in Adelaide. Uh, if I can get Maria's call to air here. And I'm having some little difficulty with that right now. So we might have to just... Uh, Maria, I might even have to get you to call us back on 1-800-316-316. Maria, 1-800-316-316. So interestingly, Greg, you said that uh, you had something to, you know, did you have some sort of a bombshell that you were going to say, this is something that's happening? Uh, You said you're meeting with various ones. Is there something you can share with us?
3: Yeah, now, look, um, without um, any prophetic statement, I think there's a big movement out there that's saying, Greg... Neil, John, whoever, Mary, whatever, we need to have a political party that represents the Christian worldview. And a lot of them at the moment don't. They mention the word, uh, uh, might refer to the Bible, but they're certainly not Christian. Well, Greg Bondar is our guest, and you might have your
2: own say today. Our talkback line's open, 1-800-316-316. We are talking Christians and politics. Greg Bondar is National Director of Christian Voice Australia. It's a national think tank and advocacy group for families, liberty and faith. There is a website, christianvoiceaustralia.blog. A national think tank advocacy group for families, liberty and faith. Greg is a former senior advisor to former Prime Minister John Howard. Greg is a former Federal and New South Wales State Director for the Christian Democratic Party that is no more but was one of the strongest Christian parties in the country. He's also a lay preacher, accredited sports chaplain and he's convener of the Christian Men's Summit. Wears a number of hats, but we're talking politics today and you are invited to join in too our conversation so 1-800-316-316 to join into the conversation uh, greg let's take another call uh, this time an anonymous caller who's calling in from uh from canberra hello welcome along to the conversation
1: good morning yes thank you so much for your great program um i just want to give my two cents. Um, I just feel like I do live in Canberra, so, you know, politics is really um, all around us. And I think the mistake that we as Christians make, and I'm preaching to myself as well, is that we tend to shy away from anything political. Um, I think we need more people, more Christian people in the political front, regardless of which party they go to. We do need a good, strong, independent Christian party with Christian values. It doesn't necessarily need to have a Christian name, but the ethos needs to be Christian. But I feel that Christians need to just be more involved in, you know, political aspects, even if it's in your school board or even if it's in the town council. Wherever there is a voice to be heard, we need to have a Christian voice there because I think we are moving too much inwardly and not outwardly. We should... Our focus is not just to go to church on a Sunday, but we need to live it in the workplaces and everywhere
2: where we go. Those are good thoughts there, Greg. Your response for our caller? Oh,
3: I love what I'm hearing. Um, totally agree with you. Uh, we, we need to be Christians not only on a Sunday. We need to be Christians when we go to our school board, our workplace, um, socially, socially. Um, you know with even our own family <clears throat> and i just want to repeat what i said earlier when fred noll wrote his letter on the 29th of march 2022 he said i have dedicated my life to being your christian voice in new south wales parliament and what we have to ask ourselves is how many politicians are prepared to be a voice for Christians in Parliament. So yeah, I, I take your uh, your view, love it, what I'm hearing, and I totally agree with you. Mm.
2: All right. Thank you so much to that caller. Uh, 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let me just, because I, as, as I say at the top of the hour, um, the thought here, Greg, a heart-to-heart conversation. So uh, there might be a lot of dimensions to talk about. Uh, some might be thinking, well, uh Isn't it nice if a Christian candidate puts themselves forward and they have even something of a heart like you say, uh, Fred Nile, who made his commitment to to serve the people of New South Wales with his Christian conscience right throughout his whole political career and uh, love or hate Fred Nile, he did and uh, has stayed true to that sort of commitment. So you might be thinking, but if I did put my hand up as a Christian candidate, what Christians would support me? Because from what I understand, if there was a new party that was formed nationally and it had these Christian foundations, uh, well, first of all, you need 700 members, I think it is, to uh, mm. to qualify yep. with the Electoral Commission yep. to actually yep. be uh, officially a party. So if you could put your hand up and if you knew the 700 were going to just come, bang, you know, they'll be there in a week. Uh, if you knew that that support was there, then you might be ready to put your hand up. But oh. uh, I'm sure people are not even convinced that there'd be a lot of Christians who would say... I'll be the one to
3: be one of those 700. Oh, Neil, if somebody came and knocked on my door and said, Greg, here is X amount of dollars, kick off a political party, Neil, I would be the first one to do it. Because what I want to make clear to everybody is that, you know, if you want to avoid another Calvary hospital incident, if you want to make sure that you're not precluded from quoting the Bible um, at church, if you want to make sure that, you know, you can say prayers in public. If you want to make sure that you can have a school that doesn't have a drag queen every every day in the library, if you want to make sure that you as a Christian can stand on the corner and say, I am a Christian, then you need Christians in politics now. Well, taking calls
2: 1-800-316-316, 316 316 to join our conversation. Let's take a call from Helen, who is in Bell in Queensland. Hi, Helen. Welcome.
1: Yes, good morning to you both. Um, I would just like to join the conversation and say that, look, I really think that um, we need a Christian party because I'm the type of person, you know, when I see things, I like to get on to my local member. But it's hard when they themselves are not Christian. I don't believe they take our thoughts or our heartfelt concerns um, seriously. And sometimes at points I've made a comment or something and I've been shut down by the office workers so um, it's, I really think it's something that we really need to be seen to because uh, it go, gives us someone to go to and we can
2: fight united Helen good thoughts your response Greg
3: yeah give me the name of that politician and I'll handle him <laughs> for you. we need to make him we need to make him accountable and, and you, you have expressed exactly what people are telling me the, the, the office won't listen to them they can't get in contact with their MPs, they're being ignored because as soon as they hear the word Christian, they want to shut off and we need to fight back. Helen, anything further to add to that?
1: No, I just hope that um, we can really come up with something and maybe the thought is the way, call it the way because we need a, a, a Christian way to follow and we can then all as Christians come together and you know have these people represent us.
2: Wonderful stuff, Helen. Thank you so much for your call, 1-800-316-316. You can join in our conversation. But before we go any further, you alluded to something I think is particularly important. If someone came up with some dollars, so all of a sudden we come down to a dollars mentality. Uh, It takes money to support something like this. And while we think of mum and dad donors – Uh, It takes an awful lot of them, uh, many, many thousands, uh, to give some stability to the foundation for any sort of movement that calls itself Christian. Um, Political parties, it's no doubt, uh, you might say, a bottomless pit. Money needs to be uh, ploughed in there. Mm. And when we can see that there are other parties that have got very substantially wealthy backers uh, that have been prepared to put money where their thoughts and beliefs are, there is some room here for well-heeled Christian leaders uh, to be able to finance something like this. Any thoughts from you around that, Greg? Yeah, ab- ab-
3: absolutely, Neil. Look, in my own private uh, devotional research I'm doing at the moment, I've been looking at the Apostle Paul. Now, even he needed money from the churches to continue his ministry. Now, he, he you know, he needed to moved from location to location, he needed to live, and I know he was a very humble man in, in, in many ways, but even the Apostle Paul had to rely on the churches to fund him. Likewise, we today, 2023, we cannot have a political party without some sort of funding, and if it is to happen, God willing, then somebody may well knock on the door now. One eight hundred 316
2: let's take another call joshua is in red bank plains in queensland hi joshua
5: hello how are you
2: very well what are your thoughts uh
5: yes that's a very good thought to start a new political party uh especially for christians who trust in the lord and his word uh, because the way things are going around and with uh, so much of political correctness happening Uh, the schools, colleges uh, are heading towards destruction so we we really need something like this and yes, uh, I will uh, be a member and I can easily pull in at least 100 if not 700 for membership and uh, what we have is all provided by the Lord and we are just stewards and channels of blessing so if it needs that, we need financial support yes, I'm sure many of my friends
2: will be ready to put their hand up so you know what Joshua my uh, i expect uh, there's going to be a lot of people listening to the conversation right now going i can be heartened and encouraged by those words when someone calls into a conversation like we're having today and say well, i can organize 100 or 700 members if that's what's needed <clears throat> and there might be a whole lot of people who're saying well i've got i've got networks of people and contacts that will jump to a cause if they see that it is something very valuable.
3: And uh, anyway, thoughts from Greg Bonda for what Joshua was sharing. Yeah, Joshua, thank you very much for the call. Um, there are a lot of people that are telling me, yeah, I can get you 100 people, 200 people. But, you know, at the end of the day, they need to sign up. They need to be um, supporters. And, you know, and again, I come back to what is God's will, you know, and I think it will happen if God says, you know, we need a political party that is Christian, truly a biblical worldview and its policies and procedures, uh, it will happen and then, you know, uh, please come forward and and lend me your your, um, support or whoever else is going to start it up, but look, we need support, keep us in mind and when the time comes, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Joshua, thank you so much for a great contribution today. One eight hundred
2: three sixteen three sixteen. Let's continue to take some calls. And uh, I'm having a little trouble just getting some callers to air. So if um if you're not getting through, you might need to call back. Uh, on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen, 316 316 So one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen 316 316 to participate in our conversation. And uh, just while we're trying to get uh, another uh, listener to air, I think we've got one right here. Let's uh, take a call from Philip in Northern Rivers in New South Wales. Hi, yeah. Philip.
4: Welcome along. What are your thoughts? Hi. Um, I was a long-time supporter, of Fred and I. I was actually... Uh, Right back in the days when he first got elected, he actually stayed in our house down in Griffith. But that's just a bit of background. But um, so I'm certainly very um, keen for uh, uh, Christians in politics. Uh, just a thought there. Um, there seems to be a fragmentation. You know, you'll get uh, you'll get family first. You'll get Christian Democrats. You'll get uh, Co Bernardi went to conservatives. Um, somehow we need to, I believe, get it the Christian voice is one, now whether we ever will, but I'm also wondering whether family first, I mean, um, Lyle Shelton, um, you know, I think he's, he's tops by what I've seen and with ACL, et cetera. I mean, is that a platform that could be used? Uh, Greg, family first, rather than yeah. yeah.
2: Let's get a, a thought or two, Greg. Uh, your thoughts around uh, you know family first. Uh, we haven't even talked much about that, but uh, there's some Christian foundation there. Although I don't think they present themselves as a Christian party. Uh, your thoughts here for Philip?
3: Yeah, Philip. Thanks for the call. Um, look, there is a lot of division, and uh, as I alluded to earlier, I tried to get all these political parties together. Some four or five years ago and nobody wanted to get together because they all had differing views. You know, they all thought the Bible meant different things to different people. Well, it doesn't. It means one thing only, and that's God's word. The problem with pe- are parties like the Family First, I went onto their website. It doesn't mention the word Christian at all. It, it is, yeah, for the family. Yes, of course it's against abortion. It may be against same-sex marriage. The issue is, is it a Christian political party? It's a political party that comes close to uh, advocating for the values that a lot of Christians would advocate for as well.
2: And of course, then uh, you would, if you had a mature enough Christian worldview, you'd look at those policies and you would say, "Yes, that makes this a appropriate party to support uh, because of the policies." But uh, yes, and but that's interesting too, isn't it? Because and just to, just to dwell on this for a few moments, because if your public persona that is displayed as a Christian or as a, any sort of party, if it doesn't have the, the labelling, this is Christian, uh, there's a risk in that too, isn't there? Because as soon as one leader gets toppled, another one comes to power, and, and then you've lost your Christianity.
3: So it's got to be Christian by essence, hasn't it? Absolutely. Neil. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of the time when I meet my Lord, you know, when, I go, when I'm called home, and I'll be asked a question. Why did you deny me? And I want to avoid that because I've I've got to make sure that if it's a political party, then let's not hide away from the fact that it's a Christian political party. And, you know, Fred and I were saying in his long letter, and please, you can go on the website and read it if you like, but he said, the future of Christian politics, one of the things he said was when his party was um, uh, deregistered that he he, he made it clear, he said, pardon me, that, uh, you know, he said, I have served for 42 years, and he makes the point that this is not the end of Christians in politics, but indeed a new beginning.
2: That's profound. So, uh, thank you so much to Philip for your insights today. 1 800 316 316. Let's take another call. Wayne is in Busselton in Western Australia. Hi, Wayne. Welcome.
0: Good morning, gentlemen. Um, I've stood for the Australian Christian Party in WA four times. And um, in our area, we have, um, theoretically, by the uh, um, the, um, surveys that we do, around about 32,000 people who call themselves Christians. um, I got, um, in three occasions, I just beat the informal votes. Um, I ran last, uh, basically uh, four times in a row, and I was battling to get um, 1.8% of that 32,000 people. Um, we just, we are. The, I think that the main problem is is that people think that if you vote for a minor party, um, it's not going to have any effect whatsoever. Uh, they don't understand that if you get four or five percent, you can actually. Um, Um, influence the outcome of the election and those uh, major parties then to get elected need to uh, come to the minor parties for their preference votes so that they can get in and then you have a seat at the table. But suggesting, I think it's, I mean, I know the Lord can do anything he wants to and we prayed that four four times in a row when I stood um, if he wanted us to get in and, you know, the way I look at politics and think, thank God I never got in. Um... (laughs) because <laughs> I have a fairly combative nature. Um, yeah, I just think it's anything with Christian in it, honestly, today, anything with Christian, the word Christian in it, uh, people just rail against it for some reason, even though, even their own people in your own church.
2: Well, in some sense, and uh, I know that lots of people, will uh, you'll resonate with them, it's almost as though you hear that word christian and uh you become suspicious of it i mean who is driving this whole thing and what's their motive and uh, thoughts here yeah. for Wayne from
3: you Greg yeah Wayne made a good point and Wayne if you heard me earlier i said that you know the name of a new political party is very crucial we have to decide you know whether we use the word christian or not um i i'm in two minds about it but the thing i want to make sure is that you know we have to abide by our biblical worldview in terms of policies and procedures. And don't forget, you know, we've got to stop trying to please man. We've got to try and please God.
2: Wayne, thank you so much for your call. Uh, We will put a line under any calls. Uh, No more time to take calls, but uh, thanks to everyone who has called in. Uh, Come back to uh, the dollars here for a moment, uh, because while there's no new party that's calling for anyone to uh, be a financial supporter at this particular time. Um, let's talk dollars because, you know, some will be saying, well, you know, you've got Holmes of Court, uh financing the Teals. Uh, you've got Clive Palmer who was prepared to sacrifice literally multi-millions of dollars uh, to have someone elected under his name that would have some influence in a parliament somewhere. And there is a senator who is uh, a part of that, Senator Ralph Babette, and uh, who stands for a lot of good Christian foundations, I might add. The idea of a billionaire backer, uh, the well-heeled Christian backer, There is some room for that. Um, What are your thoughts here, Greg? I mean, you know, we're not asking for money today, but we're actually sowing a seed, I suspect, Mm. uh, because there might be some people who are listening who can say, well, you know, if something really legitimate was underway, Mm. that would attract my attention and I I could
3: bankroll it. Yeah. Now, as I've said before, you know, even the Apostle Paul needed money to continue his ministry. If there is a knock on my door, for example... And said greg you know um here's some funding for you and your team or whatever it might be to start a new christian political party it would be a go the issue is that Neil, i don't care what what people say to me money is crucial you've got to have advertising registration you've got to have administration you've got to have all sorts of things in place before a political party kicks off so money is crucial but not only that, I think one of the problems with Fred Nile, and, and I was critical of Fred on many occasions, you know, Fred and I had some wonderful discussions, but I, you know, I said, Fred, you're wrong. It's because we've got to get our house in order. And we were struggling for funds at times, Neil. And again, funding is critical, but it, I don't want to talk about money. I want to talk about God's will. And if it's God's will, then the door will be open now. Interestingly, too, because there's a
2: balance. If there was a billionaire backer for a Christian political party, uh, then there might be the impression in the minds of the mum and dad donors that somehow or other, my membership, my money is not needed. Actually, uh, there's something of a balance here because you need the numbers of people to be supporters to ultimately make some sort of Christian initiative very successful. It can't be just driven by one person. Otherwise... It's just one person's uh, one person's uh, political, uh, you know, their their particular influence the way that they want it to be. Uh, so yes, there's there's some concern there. Hey, we have run out of time, Greg. If you were if you were sort of drawing some loose ends together, um, what would you say to to you know maybe summarise to to end our conversation? How can we end this on a high note? Uh, because you know some people say, well, yeah, you're about to announce there's some sort of new party. Well, we're not. But what are your thoughts here?
3: Yeah, look, Neil, if I can't get a party going, it may well be Greg Bond, a Christian Independent. You know, it could be as as simple as that. Well, you don't need a party. You just get funding behind you, get uh, people behind you. It could be as as simple as that. But again, Neil, I keep saying, God willing, I think we need a voice in Parliament. I think we need a Christian voice to be heard because, unfortunately, if you look at the world today, it is in a decline. And, you know... uh, it worries me. I've got a lovely granddaughter and a grandson now, and I look at the future they have, and without a voice in Parliament, I think we're going to be very sad and just Christians uh, for our own selves and for our families as well. So, Neil... As I said, it may well be Greg Bonder, independent Christian or whatever. <laughs> let's see what happens.
2: And you know what? That even might be a seed sown into the hearts and minds of some listeners today who saying, Well, maybe I can't support a Christian party, and though there is no Christian party that I could be actually a part of, why don't I stand as an independent and have a biblical Christian voice to my mm-hmm. local community, whether it's a whether it's local government, state government, federal government. Uh, Greg Bondar, National Director, Christian Voice Australia, and there is a website, christianvoiceaustralia.blog. christianvoiceaustralia.blog. Uh, just quickly, Greg, you've got some webinars coming up. You've become renowned for some of these
3: webinars. You have some of the best guests on. Uh, anything coming up soon? I certainly do, Neil. In the 20, uh, 24th of uh, July, I've got The Voice, and I've got Warren Mundine... I've got uh, uh, Pauline Hanson, I've got Barnaby Joyce, and I've got a Christian uh, senator uh, all joining me to discuss the no case for the voice. Uh, You're well
2: connected. And uh, for listeners to connect with that webinar christianvoiceaustralia.blog christianvoiceaustralia.blog I'll also mention Greg is editor of the book Silencing of the Lambs Wokeism and Cancel Culture's Attack on Christianity in Australia Uh, You might want to get a hold of that. You'll no doubt find a link on ChristianVoiceAustralia.blog or you'll be able to simply Google it so you'll find how you can get a copy. Greg, absolutely fabulous to have you in the studio face-to-face sharing some thoughts heart-to-heart. Thank you so much for taking that time to share those thoughts with listeners today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and God bless.